You are listening to Victory Alabang Podcast. God fights for us in times of struggle. Discover more about this truth in this series Week 1 Message by Pastor Bernard Vivijay. But uh, we're starting a series, and I really, I'm really excited about the series called More Than a Song. And it's about, um, it, it is about worship. Um, and let's take a moment and have a look at what worship is. And, but I want to start off by looking at what worship is not. It's very important to also understand what it's not. And so let's have a look. Worship is not about a song. You know, very often you categorize the worship when you leave Alabang or leave the service tonight. You'll say, uh, Pastor, that first song, it was so beaty, there was lots of clapping, and it was fast. That's called praise. Then there was another song where it was mellow. Everybody slept. That's called worship. You see, it's not about a song. Worship is not about a place. I'm sure your friends ask you at work, um, so where do you worship? Because they think worship happens in a place. I often take a taxi and I'm living in Forbes Park with Pastor Jonathan Cumcum, for those of you who know the family. And going down McKinley Road, we always pass the Catholic Church. And every time I watch the taxi driver, as we go past the church, he does the sign of the cross. Why? Worship is a place for him. But let me tell you something, worship is not about a place. Worship is not about you. Tell the person next to you and say, did you hear that? It's not about you. Because sometimes you leave here and you say, well, I didn't get anything out of the worship. Whoopee, you shouldn't get anything out of the worship. Because it's not about you. Are you with me? Because I'll explain to you who it's about. And so what is worship? I love preaching because I love the questions you ask me. So what is worship? Worship is an outward expression of an inward revelation. God's done something in here, and you want to worship Him. He's given His Son, Jesus Christ, as our Savior and Lord, and you've been born again by the Spirit of God. It's something inside, and there has to be an outward expression of it. Now, the Hebrew word for, um, for worship is the word up on the screen. I can't pronounce it. It's called the shaksha, something like that. That's the Hebrew word. What does it mean? It means to depress, prostrate, to bow down, to fall flat to God. So what is worship? Worship is an outward expression that you can bow down before Almighty God and worship Him. The English word is worth-ship. Give God worth. Psalm 147 verse 11 says, The Lord is pleased only with those who worship Him and trust Him. Rick Warren says, Anything that you do that brings glory to God is an act of worship. Giving your tithes and offerings is an act of worship. It's not a tithes and offering time and a worship time and a 
preaching time and end of the service time. The entire service is bringing glory to God in everything that we say and do. So the question is, why do we worship? So glad you asked me that. Let me help you. God created us with this innate, it's innate in all of us to worship something or someone. No matter who you are, no matter what culture around the world, there's this innate thing in man and woman to worship someone or something. You know, we want to worship something bigger, something stronger, something mightier than us. For some people, they will worship a mountain. Oh mountain, where are you? There are some people that will look at the stars and say, and they worship the stars, and they look to the stars for direction. Some of you read horoscopes. Let me tell you something. There's a horror in your scope. Don't read it. And so some people will, will worship cows. Will you move for me? Friends, when is it easy for you to worship God? It is so easy for you and I to worship God when things go well. Amen? You get a promotion at work? Hallelujah! Grabe! I mean, it's you excited. Let's go to church. Let's worship. Let's sing all the songs in the book. You want to worship God. Or, you, or suddenly you get engaged and you see heart. Oh Lord, I love you so much. Or somebody buys you a condo or gives you a car. Man, let me tell you something. You would love to worship there. But what happens when someone comes home, your wife comes home and says, I don't love you anymore. I love another man. Goodbye. Have a nice life. <laughs> what are you going to do? What happens if your teenagers come home and they hooked on drugs. What are you going to do when, when your, um, your daughter comes home at 15 and says, Mom and Dad, I know you told me about this body ministry. I'm now pregnant. What are you going to do? Is it easy to worship God when you face situations like that? You see, this is what this, this series is about. Is that when we are facing battles, can we sing a song? Can we, what happens during our time when we are weak or, or there's injustice or there's failure? What are you going to do? Are you able to sing a song during those times? And that's why I'm so excited about this series. Because guess what? In each one of those weeks, I'm sure we can all identify with every one of those things. Friends, let me ask you today, how many of you are going through a battle now? You're facing at work, with family, with children, with the enemy, I mean, whoever. Come on, let's be, I'm facing something at the moment. I'm facing you. No, I'm telling jokes. I'm facing something. Anybody, raise your hand. Don't be shy. All right. I want you to take the hand of the person next to you because I want to pray for you. Take the hand of the person. If you don't want to hold their hand, hold their foot. <laughs> no, no, don't. <laughs> Just hold their arm or do something. 
or just touch the shoulder of the person next to you. I want to pray for you right now. Father, I pray for every single person that's facing a challenge, a battle. Lord, where life is sometimes not fair. Things that have happened. Where people encountering real challenges in life. Real struggles. Real battles. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would minister to them here tonight. May the words that I share bring life and freedom into their lives. May the understanding of your word bring freedom tonight. Lord, I pray that you would minister by the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You see, friends, when we are in the battle and we're facing a battle, you know, we need to know what we're holding on to. And the question is, what are you holding on to? How do you cope during a battle? When you're facing this challenge, how do you cope? You see, for some people, they use their last name. You might have a name that's well known in the Philippines. And so you use your name and you think because you are well known, it will see you through. Maybe you're a famous actor or actress or, 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 or you're a wealthy businessman and you think your name is going to see you through. Let me tell you something, friends. It will not see you through. It might see you through some things, not everything. You might be a very, very wealthy person here this, this evening. And you think, well, pastor, I've got a massive bank balance. And if I'm sick and I've got cancer, I'm just going to go to the United States of America. And find the best doctor to look after me. Friends, let me tell you something. Why do you go to America? Come to Australia. Come to New Zealand. That's the place. Come to my city. But friends, let me tell you something. Your money cannot solve all your battles. It might help in a little way. It will never solve all your battles. For some people, it's human effort. They've taken a scripture out of the Bible that says, I can do all things through I that strengthens I. <laughs> By the way, that's not in the Bible. And they think, well, I've got the capacity because I worship myself and I can do things. Friends, let me tell you something. It might last for a little while. It will not see you through to the end. Lastly, what do some people do when they've tried all the above? They give up. That's where people take their lives. They commit suicide. Because that's the easy way out. But praise God, I have a better option for you tonight. How many of you want to know? Right, give me four hours and I'll explain it. Okay? Midnight, we're still going to be about midnight. How many of you excited by that? Galeng, galeng. Anabayan. Okay. Alright, and so I want to share this. It's, it's going to be very exciting. I pray, you know, this is what I pray. That you will understand what the Word of God says. Because when you understand it, it will change your life. You see, here in Psalms 140 verse, 144 verse 9, David starts speaking about singing a new song. And it was in reference with the story of David and Goliath. And we're going to look at that story here this evening. And this is what David says. He says, I will sing a new song to you, O God. On a harp of ten strings, I will sing praises to you. 
The one who gives salvation to kings, who delivers David his servant from the deadly sword. Rescue me and deliver me from the hands of foreigners whose mouth speaks lying words and whose right hand is the right hand of falsehood. David was prepared to sing a song. Are you prepared to sing a song in your battle? Are you prepared to sing a song of worship to God despite how you're feeling and what you're facing today? And friends, I want to, as I go through this particular passage of Scripture, I want you to remember two things. In the Old Testament, all the battles were physical battles. The Israelites were fighting against the, the Philistines, the Hittites, the Amalekites, the, the Filipino Tites. I mean, you just name it, anything with tights or with pants, they were fighting. It was always a physical battle. But in the New Testament and what we are walking in today, our battle is always spiritual. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle against principalities and powers of this dark age. So when we go through the passage, I want you to understand it in the physical, but realize our battle in the spiritual. Are you with me? I'm so glad you are. Let me speak about the background of this particular story. Yeah, the uh, the uh, Israelites were at war against one of the the, the Steins. This one's the Philistines, and uh, there was this guy called Goliath. He was uh, he was challenging and insulting the army of Israel for forty days. I wonder how you would feel if there was a a, a guy at work, a lady at work that was insulting you every morning and every evening for forty days. I wonder what you would feel like. I would hire a hitman. No, no, I wouldn't. I would pray. Let's carry on. Okay. For 40 days, the Bible says that he was a tall guy. He was six cubits in and a span. He was almost 10 foot tall. And if you're a basketball player and you know basketball, this guy would never be able to slam dunk. Because he was as tall as that the hoop, uh, that he could just take the ball and put it in. That's how tall he was. And for 40 days, he was taunting and he was challenging and insulting the army of Israel. David was at home and his dad said to him, David, I want you to go and take the food, go to your brothers and give them some food. So David arrives at the army lines and this is what the Bible says in 1 Samuel 17. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant, and David's talking about himself, your servant will go and fight the Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. I love David's reply. Listen to this. David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, 
And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after him, struck it, delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the poor of the lion and the poor of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Oh, Galen. Does that excite you? Let me tell you why it excites me. Because David knew who God is. David knew who God is. Friends, a lot of you put up your hands in your battle. Do you know who God is? Do you really know? Do you really know who God is? You know, David said to Saul, Saul, I've killed a bear, I've killed a lion, and guess what? I saw God's hand in the lion story, in the bear story, and guess what? With a Philistine, God's going to deliver me from the Philistine. How does that apply to us today? My question to you is, do you have a bear story to tell? Do you have a lion story to tell? Well, Pastor, um, I don't live in a zoo. Um, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Um, are you talking about me going to a game park? No, no. This is what I'm talking about. Do you have a testimony of God coming through for you? Do you have a testimony where, where you didn't have finances? You stood in faith. You trusted God. God delivered you and provided for you. Did you have a te- do you have a testimony like that? Do you have a testimony when you've been sick as a dog? No, not a dog. Maybe you've just been sick. Forget the dog. Maybe you've been sick, you've been ill. Maybe you've had cancer and you've stood in faith. People have prayed and trusted God and you are healed today. And you're free from, from that disease. That's your lion story. You've seen God's handwork. You know the God. The battle that you're facing today, friends, or the Goliath you're facing today, because you've got a bear story and a lion story, you know God's going to see you through your current battle. Are you with me? Do you understand or do you have nosebleed? (laughs) If you truly understand that, let me say to you, if you want To have a testimony, you have to go through the test. That's for free. How many of you want to have a testimony? Two of you. Okay. What do the rest of you want? If you go through a test, you will have a testimony. How many of you want to go through and have victories in your life? Come on, put up your hands. If you want to go through a victory, you want to have victory in your life. Come on, put up your hands. Ah, guess what? You've got to go through the battle. You see, we all want the victory. We don't want the battle. The two go hand in hand. You go through the battle, you get the victory. Let's continue. Then David said to the Philistine, 
You come to me with the sword and with the spear and with the javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the army of Israel, whom you have defied. You see, friends, here we see David knew what he was fighting for. He knew that it was because of God and I'm fighting for the Israelites who are sitting at the back watching me. And they are fearful and terrified. They are cowards. David knew what he was fighting for. Friends, do you know what you're fighting for? In the battle that you're facing. Do you know what you're fighting for? Do you know the God that you're fighting for? Friends, let me tell you something about 2005, 2006. Our church went through a terrible time. It was a spiritual tsunami that almost cost me my life. It was, it was a terrible situation. I think one day I'll write a book about it. My wife and I took three weeks and we went to the Gold Coast. Just to pray, just to have time out. Just to say, Lord, what are you trying to say? This battle is too much. This battle, I can't cope anymore. This battle is crushing me. For three weeks, we, we sought God. We, we just prayed and we, we just had a good time away. And I felt the Lord saying to me, Bernard, this is not about you. This is about the call of God on your life. This is the calling that I've placed in your life that is bigger than you. If you throw in the towel now, what's going to happen to the nation of New Zealand and other nations that I've been ministering in? And I realized that day that I was fighting for something greater than me, myself and I. You see, friends, if I gave up that day, I would not be here today. I would have gone back teaching. I would have left the ministry. But praise God, he spoke to me and said, there's a greater call for the nations on your life. That's why I'm here. There's a call on your, on your life. Don't let that battle immobilize you to become stationary and do nothing. David knew what he was fighting for. Let's continue. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Amen. Then all of this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's, and He will give you into our hands. Does that excite you? Three of you. Hallelujah. I'm some of us, you with me tonight. Read what's on the screen. David knew the battle is the Lord's. Friends, get, get revelation of that tonight. Whatever you're facing, the Goliath, the battle in your life. Know the battle is the Lord's. David knew that. But the victory was his. 
He knew that God was going to, to move on his behalf in a powerful and a real way to take out the enemy, which was Goliath. He knew it. Why? He had a bear story. He had a lion story. He saw God deliver him. Friends, I encourage you, gather your stories of lions and bears. When you face another battle, remind, remind God of well, how He delivered you in that situation. How He answered a prayer in this situation. How He brought healing in this situation. How you set you free in this situation. The battle is the Lord's, but the victory is ours. Max Licata said the following, Focus on the giants, you stumble. Focus on God, your giants stumble. Wow, that's a good tweet. For those of you who are tweeting right now, Galen, Alright, focus on God and your giants stumble. You see, friends, I really want you to understand this. You see, I call this positional truth. How do you see victory? Do you look at victory and walk and you march towards victory? And think that Jesus is still going to die on the cross for your sins and your sicknesses and disease. You see, we don't, we don't march towards victory. We march from victory. Christ has already done everything on the cross. We've come through the cross. We've accepted Jesus in our lives. And everything that He did on the cross for us, we accept it, we embrace it. The battle is His. He's fought the battle. And we walk in victory. Are you with me? Three of you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Friends, we have to understand that. Because otherwise we're always going to look to the cross. That Jesus is still going to do something for us. He's done it all. He's not going to do it again. He's not going to go, oh my goodness, I didn't die for this sin. Let me go back to the cross to do it. He's done it. It's over. We walk and march from victory. The battle is God's. He defeated the enemy at the cross. We walk and we march from victory. When the devil reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future. Are you with me? The battle is the Lord's, but the victory is ours. Let's say it together. The battle is the Lord's, but the victory is ours. Say it one more time. How, I want to explain it a little bit more. I really want you to get it. If there's one thing you remember, is that, that the battle is the Lord and the victory is ours. How many NBA fans do we have here? Alright, let me put it this way. How many of you support Miami Heat? I see that hand. Okay. How many are Spurs supporters? Woo, some of you are getting excited now, man. Galen. Alright. The 2013 NBA Championship belongs to Miami Heat. Do you know that? Game 7, brilliant game. I watched it in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, in a, I won't tell you where I was. Um, starts with a casino. That was the only place that was showing it. 
but I was with a lot of people. But we love Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Miami Heat winners. 2013 championship. There was a Spurs supporter. Are you a Spurs supporter? What's your name? Don. Don. He hasn't seen the game. A friend of him gives him, buys him a DVD from Divisoria. He gets game seven on his DVD. And he goes home and he puts it in his DVD player. He's going to watch the game now. Guess what? Don's excited. Game seven. And he starts to shout, come on Spurs, you can do it. You can win this game. And, and he, Don is trying to change the result that happened three months back. <laughs> and he's excited. He's saying, come on guys, come on. He invites his friends around. Let's support Spurs and see if they can win the game. You know, you laugh. Guess what? We do that all the time with Jesus. He's already done everything at the cross. Let's walk in victory. Some of us want to go back to the cross and change it. The victory is already ours. The battle is God's and the victory is ours. Don could never change that result. Do you know, he could lay his hands on that DVD. I mean, he can do everything. He can pray and fast. He can maybe go buy another DVD and maybe... He will never change it. Friends, we can never change what's happened. Christ has done the work. The battle is God's. We can walk in victory. Amen? Oh, man, I, I'm excited about that. Hallelujah. Let's give God the praise. So my question to you is, who are you in the story of David and Goliath? Are you Goliath? I hope not. Are you David in the story? Or are you the Israelites in the story? Right, let's, let's, how many think you're Goliaths? None. Thank you, Lord. They have been listening. Hallelujah. How many of you believe you are David in the story? Come up, don't be shy. How many of you believe you're the Israelites in the story? How many of you have no idea what I've asked? <laughs> Because I think there were only about 50 of you put up your hand. Others are. <laughs> Let me tell you, you're not Goliath in the story. Guess what? You're not David either. You're the Israelites in the story. You see, friends, David is like Jesus in the story. Is that he goes to battle on your behalf. He goes to the Goliath. He goes to your Goliath. He picks up the five stones. He puts it in the sling. And he takes out the enemy. Chops off the enemy's head. And guess what the Israelites did? Yay! Hallelujah! He's dead! Hallelujah! God for Galen! Oh, I almost pulled a muscle. Okay. <laughs> Is he a physio in the house? Okay. But you see, friends... That's the reality. When we understand it, you have to just enjoy the victory. Let Jesus do the battle for you. 
Let me close with this. You know, in times of battle, this is the way I live my life. In times of battle, and we all face battles. In times of battle, I have learned over my years, is I'm going to keep singing my song. Despite how I feel, the challenges I face, I've been through depression. Um, I mean, major depression. That suicide became part of my thinking. Praise God, miracle happened. That's my line story. That's my testimony. But I've learned over all my years, Bernard, keep singing regardless of what's happening around you. Keep that song of Jesus uh, on your heart. Keep worshipping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Let me encourage you, never stop worshipping God. Don't wait for Sunday, uh, Sunday evening to worship. You can worship Him anywhere. You can worship Him in the car, in the jeepney. We, you can worship Him in your office, no matter where you are. The only place that you don't worship Him is when you're driving your car. Because most times when you worship, you want to close your eyes. <laughs> we can't go to another way. Worship the Lord anywhere. Keep that song in your heart. Secondly, I believe that we, you need to keep doing the possible in life. Do you know what? If you're sick, go and see a doctor. Don't say, well, this is the battle. Pastor Bernard said the battle is God's and the victory is mine. So I'm going to sit and do nothing. No, no, you're going to die. Go and do the possible. Whatever is the possible for you. But realize God is in control. God will do the impossible. But you have to do the possible. Don't leave from here and say, you know, I don't have a job. And, and well, you know, what Pastor Bernard said was that the battle is God's and the victory is mine. And I'm going to wait and wait and wait. Guess what? You're going to wait until Jesus returns and you will not have a job. You do the possible, God does the impossible. That's where the battle happens. You do the possible, God does the impossible. Number three, keep walking. Friends, let me tell you something. Life's not fair. Sometimes life is tough. Sometimes, I met a, a, somebody at Victory the other day, and she was just telling me a whole lot of stuff. And you know what I said to her? I said, I want you to look me straight in the eye. And I said to her, life is not fair. But that's not a, that doesn't mean you bail out. That means you hold on. That means you keep walking. That means you keep walking. You know what, if you trip and fall, get up. Keep walking. But keep walking along the path God has set before. If you have to climb a mountain, you climb it. God is with you. Jesus said he will never leave you or forsake you. He's walking with you. You know what? Sometimes you might be tired. Keep walking. Even if it's an inch at a time. Keep moving. Keep moving. That's the way I live my life. Keep walking. Number four. God is always in control. You know what? If we were in control... We could work out what was happening. God's in control. What's going to happen tomorrow? I have no idea. But I'm going to wake up and I'm going to have an amazing day. And I'm going to trust God for everything. I'm going to do the possible. And I'm going to let God do the impossible. I'm going to have a song on my heart as I sing. Because I love God with all my heart, my soul and my mind. 
Just know in everything, God is in control. You know, let me close with this and I'm going to ask the band to come up. You know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus faced the greatest battle. It was going to be the bloodiest battle. Because he knew that he was going to go to the cross. He knew that that, that blood was going to be shed. You know, the anxiety and the stress level was so great that that um, blood sweat, um, blood was coming through the pores of his skin. Now, I don't think that's happened to you and I. It happened to Jesus. You know, in that greatest battle, I wonder if he thought, you know what, this is too tough. I'm not going to go to the cross. I'm going to bail out. Where would you and I be today? If that was his response. But in Luke we see his response. He said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Not my will, but yours be done. Friends, no matter what you face today, tomorrow, next week, I want to encourage you, hold on to this promise from God. It's Lord, it's not my will, but yours be done. Let's rather embrace the will of the Father. He knows what He's doing. He's planned your call. He's planned your destiny. He's planned your life. And He said, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. And we all know Jesus went to the cross. But the amazing thing on the third day, He rose from the dead. You say, friends, I want to encourage you. This is more than a song. Allow worship to become part of who you are. Remember, David knew who his God was. He knew what he was living for. And he knew the battle is God's, but the victory is his. And I want us to stand together. We're going to go into a time of worship. I want us to put into practice the word of God. Let's put a new song in our hearts. I know every single person you're going through something. I believe everybody's facing a battle. Everybody's facing Goliath here this evening. I want you to forget about Goliath and focus on God. Because He's your deliverer. He's going to set you free. He's going to see you through. He will come through for you. Forget about your circumstance or your situation. Let's worship the Lord together. We hope you were inspired by that message. Watch out for more updates on coming events in our website at www.victoryalabam.org. You can also be part of the family by liking us on facebook.com slash victoryalabam and following us on twitter.com slash victoryalabang. Thank you and stay connected.